You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Fern. What? Ackerman. What is... What is... I always... I, do I, always I, was, I feel like most of these... I start most of these podcasts with a question to you, I feel like. Well, you start most of our conversations with a question. Hey, Not what am I doing wrong? the podcast just all the time. Yeah, like, how do I do this? What am I doing wrong? And to which my response is everything. What is your favorite business book of all time? Ooh, of all time. That's a great question. Um the e-myth is obviously up there. Um, so I would probably say if I had to pick a couple, it's, this is a tough one because there's, there's, there's like the high level business books. And then there's like the, in the weeds business books. What's a high, well, give me an example of a high level, like a high level business book would be uh, like good to great or built to last. We're like very conceptual, right? Okay. Not a ton, not a ton with like tactical, you know, strategic advice, um, and then there's other books like Profit First, which is very strategic, very tactical in nature. It's like, do this. This is the equation. This is what you do when this happens. Um, and then there's like a handful that fall kind of like in the middle. Um, so I would probably, I would probably say E-Myth. I'd probably say Profit First since I just named those two. And then um, um, one that I think is overlooked is Built to Sell. Who wrote that? Do you know? I have to go back and look at it, but it's a phenomenal book. Um, and I could give everybody the cliff notes. And But it's a, it's a great book. And the whole premise of that book is whether you're going to sell your business or not, it should be sellable. So you should build it to sell it, whether you're going to keep it or not. Because that means it's a real business. The premise is like, if you can't sell it, it's not a real business. Whether you want to keep it or not is irrelevant. Like a real business is predicated on your ability to sell it because it's worth something. Well, that's a huge mistake most CrossFit affiliates make is they don't even consider the fact that if we're going to sell this, we need to do a few things like have contracts, like, you know, 
get get this value. You know, when you talk about selling CrossFits, it's always funny because people put this value, this astronomical price tag on it because like, you don't get it. It's my baby. No, I get that. It's your baby. That doesn't change what this is worth, but I'd be like you trying to sell me your baby. Be like, listen, like we went through a lot great. to get this. We went through a lot to get this baby. Yeah. I'm like, great. I don't want her. <laughs> Wait, are you willing? Are we having, a, cause I would sell her. That's what I'm saying. It, the, there is no amount of money that you could pay me to take your child. Uh, she's up all night. It's really, she's great. <laughs> Speaking of up all night. Do you remember up all night with Rhonda Shear from USA? Yeah. 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 So great. I don't know why you just said that and it popped into my head. Up all she used to be like up all night. I'm like, well, it's kind of like weird. It's like the weird soft porn days of just like USA, oh, like yeah. late night TV. Yeah, that's what you can I mean back in the day. That or just the scrambled Playboy channel was all we got. <laughs> VHS. It was right? universally referred to as the fuzzy channel. Yeah, <laughs> passing around VHS amongst <gasps> your friends. Like I think I saw a boob. Um, yeah. yeah um, nowadays, you just go, I mean. It's going to YouTube. How, are, um, how am I going to protect, how do you protect your kids these days against pornography out there? Oh, against pornography? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of parental tools out there that you can place on things where, like, you can do that. But it's one if of those things where, like, kids, it, kids are going to find it. Like, kids are going to find because if you you can you can only control like what goes on in your household, you have no idea what goes on in other people's households. Um, but you educate them. That's how. Like, you have the conversations up front. Be like, this is how the world works, man. Like, don't yeah. be an idiot. Don't don't be naive. Like that's all you can do. Here's, I guess. here's 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 what here's what's going on here. You know, like tell them. I got a few. I got a few years to worry about it. But anyway, the reason I asked you that question, and sh- shockingly, you you said one of the books I was thinking of. Whenever someone asks me for a business advice or a business book, I almost always give them Emith. I've gifted that book dozens of times. The Emith Revisited, Michael Gerber, and and the reason I asked you that is because obviously based on the title of today's episode. The I read that right as I opened uh, my box. I wish I can remember who recommended it to me, but it was really eye-opening about, hey, if you're only working in the business, it's not going to grow and you're not going to be able to replicate it and you're not going to be able to take time off. And I think like we've discussed on recent episodes, whether it's you know not okay to break even, the same thing holds true with your business, it's not okay to only work in it because if you're not working on, the in it is the aspect that you can hire. The on it is the aspect that most likely the owner needs to do. This is, uh, so I actually learned, so when we did it, when I did the podcast with Michael McCallowitz, he, uh, you know, obviously runs in some of those circles. He's an author and obviously very successful, but he, I, I, he mentioned that, about the e-myth and about Mike Gerber. And he asked him, you know, would you, what was the, I think, I think he asked him, he's like, do you have any regrets about the book? And what he said was, I do is that everybody misinterpreted what working on the business means. And I, and then, and that was kind of opening for me, like having that conversation with Michael McCallix was, I made that mistake when the, and a lot of people and probably the majority make the mistake, which is thinking that is a binary thing, which is like, you can only be on or in, and at no point could I be doing both simultaneously. And that then, and then once you understand that, then the rub becomes, well, where am I on 
and where am I in? Which kind of leads into a, a different conversation, which I think that answer is kind of uh, uh, at least has some light shed on it from um, Fix This Next, which Michael McCallitz wrote. So, but it is tough. And we have this conversation a lot and I do too, where I, in most instances, uh, until somebody kind of like teaches them or, or presents another way of looking at things, people will, for whatever reason, and I'm not even actually exactly sure, will move from in to on. But when they go on, they either shouldn't have left in the business or they go working on the wrong part. So... Let's give some examples, especially in the affiliate world of in versus on. So, so give me a couple of in the business. Coaching on the floor. Right. Obviously time on the floor, you know, you're, you're, you're working in the business. You're, you're, you're not able to do other things. You're, you know, you have to be at a specific place at a specific time. What else would you say is working in the business when it comes to CrossFit? social media you're posting you, you think that's in even though if you're growing? the one if you're the one creating capturing and and uh doing distribution that is absolutely in yeah yeah i think that's you know when you come when it comes to cross so we only think about coaching so on the floor Sales. social media being the person that's like hey you're interested in joining i'm gonna have a sit down with you versus letting a coach do it the the probably easiest way to dis, to define this is is if you're the stopgap, you're in. Meaning, like if you're the only person that does that, you're in. When is it okay to not be the only person but still be the one doing that? I mean, in, in other words, most affiliate owners are always going to still coach to some degree. They may not be coaching, you know, thirty hours a week anymore, but maybe two to four to to eight per week. I, I totally wish there was a just default answer, but there's not. This involves an evaluation of the business to see what the business needs most, which is why I referred to fix this next, which is what is most broken. Again, just using the analogies with regard to fitness, what are we most efficient at? It's probably where we should go in, assuming that that is a task that somebody else can't do, at least for the time being. Well, and that's a big thing as well, right? That's a way for box owners to look at it is, can I put, can I replace myself here? And I think for a lot of box owners, the disconnect is, well, I can't put somebody else here because they're not as good as me. And that doesn't matter. A, it's probably not true. Probably not true. B, B, even if it is true, it's not to the degree you think it is. And C, it's okay. You know, that's, you know, we had a talk yesterday with our affiliate you people and they were like, hey, how often, when should we go away? And we're like, you should be able to go away. If you're afraid to go away, that's a problem. Well, yeah, just going back to where we started, which was um, it's kind of, it's not whether you're going to sell the business or not. It's like, is a, is a sale viable? Which is, you know, it's like, it's not whether you're going to go on vacation or not. Is can you go on vacation? That, that's, that's, the, that's the better question is like, could you sell it if you wanted to? And I don't mean like sell your assets. I don't, I don't actually consider those to be sales. That's just a transfer of assets. You bought some stuff that somebody owned. This is like an eBay transaction. Like I had some shoes. I don't want them anymore. You take the shoes. But like, we're not, it's not really, that's not a business, right? It's not, it's not increasing in value, typically depreciating. So 
Do you think most box owners open their business thinking about, hey, in 10, 20 years, I want to sell this? Or do you think they open their business without even considering that? I mean, I could just use myself as an example. I think very few open it with the intent of turning this into a cash flow asset that is that is sellable at some point in the either near or distant future. Yeah, I never. I opened three affiliates. The third one, I did think that way only because I had previously sold two. Done it twice. But when I, yeah, but when I opened my first, it was like I didn't consider that. I never thought that was. It didn't even enter my mind. I mean, that's how little I thought of it. Well, the other thing that is is interesting is that the number of people, for whatever reason, again, going back to CrossFit makes people illogical and, and insanely romantic, that they will somehow want to hold this pace of doing this particular thing indefinitely, meaning coaching on the floor. I mean, if you think that you are going to want to hold coaching 50 to 60 hours a month on the floor until you're 60, I've got news for you. You will, you will not. Like, as I'll state that as a fact. I don't even know how else to say that. Like, you will not want to do that. Well, that's so interesting because we've not been around long enough to see the, I mean, the, <laughs> the oldest coach I always think about is Panda, Keith Wittenstein, because he's he may or may not be 50 at this point, but I'm like, okay, he's now the old coach. Like, and there's older, yeah. obviously, but I, I, it is a job that, I mean, it's a young person's game, right? Like at what point is it, it's a, it's a, not a job that you get into in your twenties and you're like, well, one day I'll retire at 65. But that's not to say it can't be, but I think because of the energy it takes and just, we typically equate coaching with being fit enough, which we know is not the case, but it's, it's tiring. It's super tiring. If, if done, correctly it's incredibly tiring this is something we talk about all the time like on seminar staff is like when you first kind of make the team and you start going on the road and you you work your seminars and and you realize what this energy dump feels like coming off of the sunday close and you're sitting in the airport and you look like a zombie and people are like what are wrong with you i was just like i've been at a level 100 for two straight days and it just wore or just wore off right now and i can't even find my boarding pass because i'm so delirious yeah well your your brain is you know brain dead so to speak and i think like, like i'm a social animal and i go to the airport and i'm like oh my god don't talk to me like don't like please don't look at me don't smile don't do anything like don't i don't want to have a conversation with you right now that that's a big thing among seminar staff there's the group of people when if you and i were traveling together on sunday like you and i can be there together and i'm like I'm watching my thing or listening to my thing and you're doing yours, but there are some people on staff that want to keep talking until we get home. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're checked. We're done. Like I'll give you a great, like Katie, Katie Powell or, or Hayes now. She's great. You travel home with Katie. She's zonked out just like you are. Then you get, you travel home with Jenny and Jenny wants to keep talking. Well, and Jenny I'm just like, Jenny. Kristen and Bo and I have been on like multiple leg trips together and literally not spoken to each other. And we're good friends. I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to talk. Like, we're just like, we'll get off the plane, like to go home and we won't even say goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're fine. I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah. That's the sign of good friendship. So, you know, and that's what I would say to to all the coaches listening. If you're coach one, two, three, however many classes and, and you're not, exhausted at the end you're probably not giving enough energy that was a i mean 
you probably know it with your wife. I've seen it not only with my wife, but past uh, relationships where you'd get home and you can't give any more energy to your wife or kids because you're just like, I have nothing to give right now. And that's a problem because if you're the owner of the box and you give all of your energy on the floor, where at first you think this is a necessity, this is how I grow, yes. But it's also going to stifle your ability to grow at some point if you don't replace yourself with the next person. Right. And it, it is worth noting here, but this I don't want this to be the topic, is that there is everybody has a, a very unique threshold. So we all know that coaching 40 hours in one week is not the same as coaching or working a 40 hour work week. They're very different. Big time big time difference. So tw- I would, I would probably equate a 25 hour coaching week is the equivalent to a 40 hour work week with regard to energy expended. That being said, there's, there's some, you could coach 20 if spaced out appropriately where you would be okay. And then as you get more seasoned, you become more proficient. Coaching doesn't require as much energy to be as a, it's just a technique, right? So if, as I get more efficient, I don't have to work as hard, you know, more biological same you know by you know like more output same biological output but like i'm doing the same amount of work so that 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 is a thing however everybody has their threshold if you coach five in a day you're just smoked by the end of the day yeah you know and there's other factors obviously who's in the class how many are in the class what the workout is you know yesterday i coached three hours and it actually energized me sure it's been you know six weeks since i coached but i felt energized when i left where there are definitely days where I don't, you know, it was a pretty, uh, the movements weren't super complex. It was, you know, a fun group of people in there. I hadn't been in, in quite some time. Next Monday, I might leave, you know, exhausted. Yeah, needing more and more downtime than normal. So the, but so it's, and this is kind of where I made a ton of mistakes, which was removing myself from kind of this in the business position too soon and then going to work in air quotes on something that either seems sexier or, you know, makes me feel like a CEO or something like that. When the reality is like, I actually shouldn't have moved from that position yet because it wasn't ready to be removed. And I'll typically very broadly stated would say, if you cannot break down every aspect of that function and teach somebody within, I don't know, a couple of hours, then you don't fundamentally understand it enough to move away from it. Where you don't need to be. You might see that though at the box. Cause typically we're just like, okay, you own a box, you pay your bills, you coach the classes and you probably need some social media. Where are some other aspects of, of gym ownership that you would say, Hey, cause I agree with you. And that's why even for us with best hour, we have our tasks. You cut, I, I, this was a Tim Ferriss thing. I believe where it's like every single step and, and things that you forget, turn on the computer. Right. You know, do the, you know, the little things that you, you know, there's, what is the draw? I think it's something like teach someone how to make toast. Oh, and that's an old one where they like the wall of sticky notes. Right. And it needs to yeah. be like, you forget, like, it's not just put the toast in. It's just like buy toast. Yeah. Buy you toast. Know, you know, put it in the fridge, you know, open the refrigerator, take, door. Open the refrigerator, untwist the thing, open the bag, take out two slices of toast take the butter out of the refrigerator to go to the drawer, open the drawer, go to the far right thing on the drawer, take the butter knife out of the drawer, put two, you know, whatever of butter on the toast or like, or we skipped one. We got to put the toast in the toaster and then we're going to put the butter on it. So that's a great one. That's a great example of, um, of that, but I don't think it's Tim Ferriss though. It's from something else, but I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Yeah, no, I think it was the toast one where you, you really stop and think and you're like, wow, this is a lot more complex than I realized. Well, the point of that, just so, just so this didn't go over everybody's overhead, is if, if you take something seemingly mundane and simple like making toast, but you write down every single thing that would need to happen in order for you to make toast, it doesn't seem as simple anymore. And this is how we would outline a lot of tasks. So, uh, you know, like social media would be one like that, which is like, where, where do I get the assets from where, where are the photos or videos? And then what do I write in the copy? What hashtag should I use? If I'm going to schedule these, how do I schedule them? Right. If I'm going to watermark these with a logo, where do I find the watermark and how do I put that watermark on there? Now, the, the how to make toast is largely been, again, good to go back to Michael McCallich because he's done a lot. Of, that's clockwork, which is video everything. And then you can just send people videos. It's like, yeah, I'm we, doing this. Go ahead. We, we, well, no, we do that for, you know, when, when Katie first came on board, it was a lot of screen record. Here's how you do it. Now she has access to it. And I, I think. One of my biggest stresses and one of my biggest learning opportunities as a box owner was that I know this thing and it's no different than teaching when it comes to coaching on the floor, like taking that internal knowledge and expressing it externally. And I would get so frustrated with some of my coaches, you know, whether it was coaching or whether they were doing other tasks, like, why isn't this done up to my standard? I mean, cleaning the bathroom is one of them. And, and one of the things I used to do for cleaning the bathroom was have a picture of what I wanted it to look like when done. And now I can go in there and be like, why is this here? Why is that right. here? This is what the expectation is. You have to set those expectations. So, I mean, it's a, a simple example. I'm doing this right now. I'm having a, 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 a designer who's doing some stuff for a t-shirt that I want made. And I started typing out the feedback and I was just like, what am I doing that? So I pulled up Loom, did a video recording, talked through all of it, sent him, and he was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to know. It, it, it got all of my thoughts in there. Um, but another example would be like in the gym is things like member account maintenance. So holds, cancellations, building a membership, sharing payment information. So this is something I did. I I'm pretty sure I did it right after I read the book Clockwork. I went in and I spent, I think a full day and I wrote down every single possible thing that would ever need to be done with a membership within Wattify because that's what we use. And I recorded something to the tune of like 35 videos. Now, if you're going to do this, I'm going to give you guys a little advice. All of these videos should be fairly, fairly short because I'm not going to combine two things. Going back to the how to make toast deal. If you're going to do, if you're going to make a profile in Wattify, I'm not going to go through, I'm not going to make a video of having somebody fill out the waiver and then converting them to a lead and then converting them to a member. Those would be three separate videos. And you're like, that seems a little bit redundant. And I'm like, it's not because only one of those functions is somebody going to be searching for at any given time. So I need to be able to label them so that they're searchable. However you do it, if you have them in, in a YouTube channel or something like that. So we have all, all of ours in an unlisted YouTube series where all the coaches have access to it. If they need it, it's like how to share membership or how to share payment information, how to create a dependent, like how to have a dependent fill out a waiver. Like those are kind of the same thing, but they're kind of not the same thing. But the prop, the point is when somebody gets confronted with that thing, they're only going to be confronted with like the singular aspect of that overall process. And if you had a five minute long video of how to do all of this, now they have to go look through the five minute video. They have to find the exact piece that they want. When I could have just recorded a 45 second video that's entitled how to share payment information. 
in another video that's like how to create a membership and they can watch that one in 45 seconds and they do that first and it just has that and then I go over and I share that. So that's another example of like once you've done all of that and now I fully understand how to do all of it because I just kind of in air quotes taught somebody how to do that. Now I can step away from that because I've already built all the systems in order to do that and I can hand this off to whoever. I'm like, here's the series of videos. Here's what I want you to do. Here's when it's going to happen. All of that stuff. Yeah. And I think this is how you start difference. to determine. Yeah. Good. Well, no, it's the difference between saying teach someone how to make toast versus how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Cause that's totally not different. the same thing. Right. You know, we, we often think, Oh, it's all the same. Cause it's happening in Wattify or whatever platform, you know, we'll pay whatever you use, but it's not, there's all sorts of steps there. And you want to keep, you know, it's no different than when you're developing a coach on the floor. Oftentimes it looks like, Hey, I just want you to do the general warm up today. I want you to only do the specific. I want, now I want you to do both right now. I want you to add the workout in. now I'll give the whiteboard brief. It's a slow, steady process. And, you, and part of that comes from, Hey, we know this so well, but we don't really know what you're talking about. IE the membership protocols, as well as we think as the business owner. And what you just gave an example of would be an example of that coach is in the business, but you as the person giving feedback, that is an example of on the business in that particular swim lane of the business. So we've talked about this before. Let's just say I have service, I've got systems and I've got marketing and then those all have multiple swim lanes within them. I could be in the business in sales. So I'll give an example. I am currently in the business in sales. So I still am in that pipeline. I do a lot of the lead follow-up. I don't do all of the onboarding because I'm not, I could, I could totally remove myself from onboarding because the coaches know everything about it. I've taught them how to do it. It's all cataloged. I could bring in somebody here. We could walk through it. I've got, I've got audio recordings. I've got video recordings. I've got the written copy, all of it, but the sales, I haven't replaced myself there yet. So I haven't gone through every single step of that. But so that's where I'm still in the business. Where I'm on the business is coaching. I don't do a ton of coaching. I might coach five classes next month. I'm on because I'm doing three to four times as many coach evaluations in that aspect of the business. And at some point I will move off of the business or out from in the business and the sales and I'll move on to something else. And even, even that where you're already working on the business, if you think about it, you're going to move away from that at some point and have Cassidy or Lindsay do the coach's evaluations and you're going to evaluate right. the evaluations. I mean, right. really it's, it's, it's kind of like zooming out on Google maps. Like right now you're at this location. Can you zoom out to the street, to the city, to the state, to the country, et cetera. And, and that's how you grow your business, right? If, if, CrossFit Rife still had Fern coaching all of the classes or a majority of the classes, all of these worse. other things. It'd be worse. It, it would, I mean, not just because, yes, your coaching is awful. isn't quite, is awful. <laughs> no, but you just, th what I learned, especially from Emith, you know, Emith uses the bakery analogy and someone's yeah. making the muffins and you think, oh, I'm the only one that can make these muffins. No, you're not. Other people can coach. In fact, Hundreds, if not thousands of people take their level one every weekend. And yeah, there's a difference between level one, two, three, and four, but your average member does not pick up on that. But your average coach, whether it's because they don't have the time, whether it's because they don't have the skill or knowledge or experience necessary, can't do 
so many, I mean, just think about it. If you are listening and you're a coach, do you feel competent giving an evaluation? I mean, maybe depending on how much time you have, but a lot of you that are newer coaching, you're still working on your own coaching. How can you give someone else valuable feedback? You can give little things, but that's where I got I would to phrase away. it. I would phrase it even differently. Would you feel confident giving feedback in the presence of a third party? Yeah. Because you could because tell a someone, lot of people, a lot of people heard that be like, yeah, I can give feedback. And I'm like, what if one of us was standing next to you with a notebook? Would you still feel confident giving feedback? Right. Grading your feedback. Grading your feedback. So, and, and what I think is important is, and where we kind of started off with this and we're, and we're kind of looping back to it is the mistake that Michael Gerber was referring to is that everybody understood this as I had to fully extract myself from being in the business and only work on the business. And what we're saying and what I think he wanted to say based on the conversation that was related to me was, no, 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 that's not how it works. And I, and I actually think that was, I actually believe that was the genesis of, of Fix This Next, which is you will be in at different points in your business and on at different points in your businesses within different parts of the business, depending on what is required to take the business to the next level, whatever you've decided that is. The, the challenging part is figuring out where and when that needs to happen. That's where everybody struggles because they make a mistake and I should have been, should have stayed in there and I should have grown a little bit more and created more structure and then removed myself and then moved back over here. Uh, this is, this is what happens all the time. And we, I have, uh, we have people in affiliate where like they've made this mistake where they went on and they, they thought that on meant I could just walk away from the business and then everything falls apart. And I was like, no, that's, that was not what he meant. Maybe at some point you could do that, but it's not after six months. You know what I mean? This is after like years and you have like a legit stellar pipe hitting team that are professionals, you know, that, that like really know how to do their job. Um, and well, I think that's the, the big thing, hang up. The other layer there is that is not going to necessarily stay true over time right forever you, you, what if somebody you, leaves and i have to go back in to teach some of the, the new person how to do it yeah you have two very proficient i mean you have multiple but two that i know of at your box but if one or both leave all of a sudden fern's got to coach more fern's got to be the guy doing the evals again you know fern maybe has to do more on onboarding so yeah that that itself shifts over time as well just based on what's going on in the business and you need to be ready for that. Now, the better you plan and the better you have systems and protocols and, you know, operating systems in place, the less likely you are to lose somebody, but life happens. Right. And, and it's, and it's, anybody who's been doing this for any amount of time kind of knows and has realized that typically where you're in or where your focus goes tends to improve. Right. So this is where this can become a slippery slope. Just because I go in there and it gets better, it doesn't mean I'm going to stay in there because if I stay in there forever, now I will lose sight of other things that will also need my attention. So when we go in the business, like what is the end state of me being in here? What do I want the end result to be? What do I want kind of this final, you know, um, the, to bake the muffins? Like, what do I want this end state to look like when this thing comes out and I hand it to the customer? Like, what does that look like? That's what, that's what you need to figure out when you go in and I need to identify that. And I say, okay, well, this is what I want the end state to be. So I'm going to practice this and I'm going to get it dialed in so tight that I can 
teach somebody else how to do that. Just like we would with a coach when we try to replace ourselves on the floor. I want to be so proficient at coaching that I can give them all the nuances. I can say, okay, when this happens, here's what you're going to do. And you see how they did that. They moved their foot and this is what's going to happen. Just widen their stance up a little bit. Or if I shift this over and I go to the sales end of the side and be like, okay, cool. When you present these, whatever, uh, if you're using agreements, when you present prices, you need to present it in this order because if you don't, it doesn't go off as well. And if they do have an objection, here is how you would navigate that. And here's how the conversation should flow from there. But you can't do all of that without being really entrenched in there for a while so that you can take all of that experience and then convey that to the new person and then make them just as good. I mean, that's one of the things we, we preach. And, and one of the things that I learned in the business as well is there are, you can't, there's no shortcut to that. Cause if you don't learn it yourself, the intricacies and every small detail, when you coach it, inevitably things will get overlooked or things will get misinterpreted. You're playing telephone. So you need to know it inside out, like the back of your hand. So then when you do explain it to somebody else, and this goes back to what we were saying, break it down into small chunks. Hey, you're coaching now. Cool. Let's just focus on one thing. Here's why we do these things. Here's some backup plans for when things go wrong. The better you know it, the better you're going to be able to coach it, which is why you hear of any good business, like any business that is successful right now, you often hear of like, hey, the CEO started, you know, and did every role, you know, even whether it's Amazon or Ben and Jerry's or, you know, you hear like Mark Cuban talking about those things. Like I was taken out of the garbage because I need to know, hey, I take out the garbage here. This is where it goes. These are the days I take it out. You know, these days tend to be busier, you know, careful of the garbage leaks. Here's a mop, like all of these little things like that. You don't, oh, it's just taking out garbage. No, you don't take out the garbage in the middle of the 6 a.m. class. So there's a funk in the air going on. You know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of things that you just don't think about when you're, when you're, oh, it's just something so simple where, it rarely is. And depending on how important it is to you, which is your business, it should be important. You want it done properly. Yeah. It's just, uh, I've made this mistake many, many, many times. And and then not until probably at least probably like maybe 18 months ago, did I start to really start to understand the like how that, how nuanced that whole conversation can be. It's just like, Oh, I'm not, I'm on here, but I'm actually in here. And I thought I was on, but I'm actually still in, I'm still building Right. And that, that's probably a good way to describe it is if you're still building the processes, if you're still kind of figuring out how to explain it and figuring out how to teach it, then you're in. You're in. Oh, yeah. You, you can't be on. If somebody can't take over today or tomorrow, right. you're, you're, you're in. It. And, and let's be clear whether you're an established box, you're new, whatever it is, there's no right or wrong. There's no time frame. But until you are, working mostly on the business, or I would, I would put it like this also, choosing the things you work in. In other words, most of us open a CrossFit affiliate because we enjoy coaching. So I might keep two to four hours a week because I enjoy it and I like having right. that connection with the members, but you're choosing that. If you, if you can't go away on vacation, if you can't replace yourself in these different uh, avenues of the business, you're primarily working in it. And until you work on it, A, you're not going to be able to sell it. You I mean you could sell a CrossFit when you're working it's in a it, job. but you're basically yeah, you're selling someone a job versus a turnkey business, and you're 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 going to be basically limited in your own life and your own schedule until you 
are able to work mostly on the business and you're just not going to grow. Again, this, uh, the, when I really w- want people to connect these dots, which is because I know there's somebody listening to this saying, well, I just really like to coach. I don't want to hand that off. And I'm like, cool. I'm not saying you have, I'm not saying that you have to, I'm saying that at some point you will have to, whether you want to or not, something will happen in your life where you're like, peace out guys, I got to go. Like you'll have some sort of tragedy or something's going to happen that you will just become a priority over that thing that right now you're so romantic about. So keep it as long as you want it's your baby, right? Like you can build it however you want. You should build it such that if I need to walk away, I can, but I want to stay here. Like, I just love it. I want to stay here. Right. So, but I can do both if I want to, which again is the premise of built to sell. You don't have to sell it, but if you can't sell it, then it's not a business is the whole purpose of that book. Right. And the same thing with all of this is like, figure out where you need to be in and figure out where you need to be on. And if you want to be in, then stay in there, but you should still have the ability to replace yourself and say, listen, I love this, but my wife and I are having our 15 year anniversary and we're going to go away for a week. And you don't want to tell your wife, sorry, honey, like I'm in the business and nobody else does this function, even though we've had this business for 10 years. And she's going to be like, well, I feel like you suck at this then if, if like nobody else can do that. Like as much as you suck at our marriage at this point, you know what I mean? So like, so that, that's what that is, I think is the point is not, is not like, are you going to, can you, can you just walk away from that? Right. And I don't mean forever for whatever whatever predetermined amount of time that you think is appropriate. Well, and then, I mean, really, if you, if you can't, like you're suggesting your business is just, you, you have a ceiling and the ceiling is, however many hours you're willing to work. Because if you're the guy coaching or gal coaching all of your classes, somebody's going to walk in and want to join. You're going to have other opportunities. You're, you're not going to be able to, you know, grow your business. If, and that was the whole premise. You know, we highly recommend if you don't already have E-Myth revisited, someone with the blue cover, uh, Michael Gerber, check that out as well as the other books Fern mentioned. But it's really about if you're the one baking cupcakes all day, when are you growing the business? When are you advertising? If down the road, you want to have a second or third spot, which we don't necessarily recommend, you can only be in one place at a time. It's also what the business needs might not align with what you want to do, right? Because this business is a thing that like that needs, you know, if we're looking at the, the pyramid for the, like it needs sales or it needs, so it's first it needs sales and then it needs profit. Well, if it needs sales and, and you just like to be on the floor, I've got bad news for you. Your, your business is not going to grow and your business is going to be not viable. And it's going to have a real hard time surviving if you can't figure out how to ratchet up sales within your business. Like, how do I get people to come to my website? How do I get people to walk in the door and show up for consults because I have a 50% show rate? Like, how, how do I fix all of these things? Well, you need to get good at sales. Like, I don't like to sell. I don't give a shit. Get good at it. It doesn't matter what you want at this point because the business needs it. So either you need to figure out how to, and the reason I'm, I'm a little bullish on this is because in these instances that we're talking about, these people that we're referring to, which was me for a long time, you can't afford to hire somebody who's an expert at this thing to fix it. You have to do it. Nobody's coming to save you. You have to fix that shit yourself. So I may have to remove myself from something that I like to do to get proficient at something that I'm not very good at and become good at it so that I can hand that off and I can move back to the thing that I like to do. That's where I have to determine 
business need, that's where I need to be in. If this, if, if the coaching takes goes from a 10 to a nine and a half, nobody notices, but you, that's just your ego talking, let it go. Okay. Because somebody else running a class at an eight so that you can refine your sales process is better for the business than you staying in there and offering a 10. I mean, it's, it's, it's very reminiscent of your training, right? You have to take, you know, we talk about it in what is fitness. You have to take your weaknesses, attack them head on and ultimately make them your strength. And, and we do that in our fitness. We do it in many aspects. And then when it comes, and I would even go as far as saying, if you're listening to this as a coach, you need to do the same thing. We talk about it in our coaches development aspect of affiliate you, you need to work on the criteria of the six that you're least efficient at and make it a strength. Cause until you, you know, and then ultimately what happens, you have a newfound weakness, you know, presence right. and attitude. That was my strength. I got better at teaching, seeing and correcting. Now my presence and attitude needs to come back up or your group management or your demonstration. You always need to be attacking that, but especially when it comes to business ownership, but it doesn't happen when you're blinded and, you, and you're only working in the business. You have to work on the business. The other thing that I don't know if just because nobody says this out loud is that when, when you're on, that doesn't mean that you're never going to touch it, right? You, you this, this idea that like, I'm just going to bring somebody in and they're going to do it. And I'm never going to have to manage this person or mentor them. And they're going to do it right every single time, all the time. That's la la land. Like that's not a real thing. It doesn't exist. So when you're on, you have to realize that now your role has changed. My role has changed is I, you, and put yourself back in that person's shoes. When you were in there fucking it up and messing it up and building it, they're now you. So show them some grace instead of acting like an asshole who knows everything. Be like, I don't understand why you can't do this. And I'm like, well, remember what took you two years to learn how to do this? And now you're Mr. Know-it-all because this person has been there four months and they can't figure it out. I'm like, Hey, why don't you chill out a little bit and realize that your role has now be become the teacher to teach somebody else to do this thing that is on that's on the business. That's what that looks like. And I think people misinterpret on for literally just turning the lights on and then walking away and thinking like, well, the lights are on. So we're good. I'm like, what if somebody that, comes that, in and turn the lights off? That, that's a huge mistake that affiliate owners make, especially, I mean, when it comes to developing coaches, like they forget how bad they were at the beginning. And now you have this right. brand new coach and they're like, no, 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 you're, you didn't see that. You didn't see that that person didn't open their head. They're just not as good as I am. Step. Yeah. Like it, it's okay. And you know, it, that's why in many, I mean, that is why you are the owner because you need to be so good that you can develop those. And a lot of that is meeting people where they are, but working on the business is, in many aspects, harder, much harder. Well, you have, you have to develop a new skill set, right? In yeah. order to level up, I have to, I have to be, it's again, we can always, this is always analogous to fitness is like, if you, if you want to be, if you want to go from whatever, if you want to go from, you know, the, in the new setting, if you want to go from the open to the next round, well, you better be able to do certain things. Like if you can't walk on your hands, probably going to be a rough go if you make it to the next round. And, and, that's important to recognize is that if, if I'm going to be doing it, so example, so when, when people hop on calls with us, what's the, if we like, Hey, what is unique about the business? What do they say every single time? Community. And community and programming. And what else? They'll see the other one coaching. Right. Yeah. Right. Community coaching. Right. <laughs> Which is funny now because people get on the call and I ask them that and they're like, well, I know what I can't say. And I'm like, well, no, you can still say it. It's fine. But you know, it's uh, but the point is, 
if that's what you're saying, then that's probably not where you should be in. What are the things you're not good at? That's where you need to be in. At this point, you can be on the business and coaching, bring in somebody else. And this is also going to hurt some feelings. If you're constantly struggling with getting people to perform well, then you, then you, then you need to re-envision what it is that you're doing because it, that means you, quite frankly, don't know it that well and you should not have moved away from it that soon because I shouldn't get frustrated because I should be able to give them all the very obvious answers to these and to these problems to the point where they're like, Oh, okay. I get it. It's just like when a new coach tries to, it shows up at a level two or something like that. And they're trying to get somebody to do that. And I don't get mad at them because they don't know. They haven't taught somebody else how to do this yet. I'm like, Hey, listen, just have him move his feet out just a little bit. And they're like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how this works. It's that simple but they don't know yet. They haven't been through the trials and tribulations. They haven't made all the mistakes. They haven't figured out like what root cause of this massive headache that you have all the time is that is our job. And when you're moving around in the business, if I don't know all of those answers, I need to find out what they are. That is when you'll be able to start moving from in to on. And then as you grow, then in looks different, right? If you go from a, whatever, we'll just make up numbers. If you go from a $15,000 gross revenue a month to $60,000 gross revenue a month, like in and on looks way different, looks way different. I've got team members, I've got full-time staff, like, I mean, the class, you're probably running multiple things at the same time. So it changes again, going back to Michael McCall, which is he's like, you will constantly be bouncing back and forth on this, on this pyramid. But what I need to figure out is like, what does the business need? Not necessarily what do I want or what do I think I'm good at? You know, so like, again, we use the lectures just like, hey, you stand to more gain by chasing your weaknesses than you do, you know, any more time doing things you're good at. So if community and coaching are the things you're good at, challenge you to find out things you suck at and that's where you should be in and you should let somebody else do that other stuff for now, not forever, for now, because we could agree they could get better. Always. You can always be searching that out. And like we've said like Fern just alluded to, figure out what you need to improve, dig into it, even if that means abandoning some other things right now. That's not forever. That is not forever. Lastly, Fern, where are some places that you think a box owner, we've talked about it before, giving up classes, you know, developing those coaches, where else do we see that happening early on? Uh, meaning happening preemptively? No, where are some of the first steps that, that box owners should at least be thinking about working on versus in the business? Oh, and I know it's a little on. different. Correct. Yeah, I think what we see, the, the trend is, and this is not an absolute statement, but the trend is very, very few people have a really nice, well-ironed out sales process or think of this as customer experience. That is where we need to spend some time and effort because that one will be revised over and over. It's just like, all right, I've got this template. And I was having this conversation with someone like, okay, I've got this, you know, so here's how we do it and what we do it. And I'm like, cool, you've got it. But then I ask a couple of questions and the answers fall flat. I'm like, why do you do that? And like, well, we do it because of that. And I'm like, is that valuable? Is that create a good experience? Right. The template is it's, it's, it's done, right? Like, as you like to say, Hey, done is better than perfect. So I get the first iteration of this done. And then I have to reimagine this whole process so that I can, instead of making it a process, I make it an experience and an experience requires that I 
like have a fully cast vision on like what this is going to look like from start to finish thinking about like why was this workout paired with this whiteboard session do they match what are they what aha moment are they supposed to have at the end and the moment isn't accidental the aha moment is manufactured on purpose every single time because i built it that way and they're like oh i i understand intensity now like that is different than like we teach the nine foundational movements i'm like okay how long do you spend on the the three uh three sets of squats and they're like 15 minutes so you mean to tell me that you think five minutes is proficient enough to add value to this person and they're like well now that you say it that way and i'm like that's why i said it that way because it's not valuable you and i both can agree that it's not valuable so why is it there going back to like we're trying to buffer that's for me that's not for them so reimagining this as an experience for them is what makes it valuable those are the kind of things that we that we see it's just like cool the coaching is good enough we know you know constantly varied functional movements executed high intensity are safe what else do we suck at where can we go now and fix that yeah so i would say as a box owner you need to be considering that you need to be considering where are we good where do we need to improve on dig into there until you make that your strength and until you feel comfortable getting someone else to replace you and in order to do that really being diligent about creating those systems work on not in check out that book e-myth if you haven't already michael gerber anything else to add friend nope this is a tough one so if you guys have questions or you just want to chat about it hit us up happy to kind of point you in the right direction but it's never either or it's and so you never miss an episode of the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day see you next time